Welcome to Whispers to a Bride, where we talk about the stuff no one else is talking about. We are going deep on the emotional aspects of getting married, the stress, drama, and turbulence that affects your own sense of identity and your closest relationships. We are talking about what it means to be a bride and how to navigate the sacred time with more grace and ease. I'm your host, Kara Gassabe. As a life coach and therapist, I'm going to be sharing super practical tips so that you can not only rise to the occasion of your wedding, but also your life. Hello, hello, and welcome back. I am Kara, your resident bridal coach and wedding therapist. And today's topic is be nice. Now, if you have been around my work for a while, you know I am giving lots of advice in helping you navigate and manage those bumpy moments that come about when you are planning your wedding, the issues you have with friends and with family and your fiance, right? With so much change and overwhelm from planning this big life event and going through this major milestone, our relationships get really shaken and destabilized. And so a lot of what I help clients with is how to sort of navigate that, how to communicate through it, how to see the other person's perspective, hold space for just the discomfort of change. But I want to circle back and remind you that in order for any of that to work, right? In order to sort of bring more peace to your wedding planning experience as you're dealing with vendors, as you're dealing with hiccups and um, disappointments and budget issues and demands from your mother-in-law and confusion from your friendships, we need you to first and foremost, be nice to yourself. And I know this sounds like so I don't know, basic and vanilla and kind of blah, blah, like internet inspirational quote, just pass it by because we're all sort of over it. But I find that it's so useful to really take a more serious look at it. And there are people that study this. Kristen Neff is one of the most famous researchers on self-compassion. And This is actually like the heart of the matter. If you want to have more peace in your relationships, if you want to have more alignment and calm and joy in your wedding planning experience and in your life, you cannot skip over the self-compassion piece. This is really like the foundational aspect that is going to really solve a lot of your other problems and also going to recenter you when you get off kilter, which is the way of things. But I think we just sort of see self-compassion. And I think this is the other part of it, maybe too, that makes us kind of glaze over when we hear the term is that we think it's like that self-care, like bubble bath, pedicure thing. And those things are like lovely, but they're not really getting to the pain that we cause ourselves on that emotional level inside of our heads. What are we saying to ourselves? How are we holding ourselves to impossible standards? How are we just failing to be there for ourselves and have our own back and be our best champions and supporter? And we talked about in a recent episode, this idea of parts of you, that framework is really important here. Just the idea that we have these different aspects of our personality and 
they all are sort of competing for a seat at the table and a voice. And so this idea of bringing self-compassion is the other sort of fundamental component of taking really good care of yourself. And when you take really good care of yourself, you can take really good care of your people, your loved ones, and you can take good care of your life and really accomplish the things you want, experience the things you want when you are kind to yourself. And because our culture is so individualistic and work and delay gratification and rewards are later and the hustle and the grind and the keep up with the Joneses, all of that doesn't really lend ourselves to thinking that self-compassion can be the way of success or the way of getting your goals achieved and your needs met. But I really think it's important to just take another look. So today I wanted to sort of go through what Kristin Neff outlines as the three components of self-compassion. And I think you will find that there are no, you know, long walks on the beach and those kind of self-care things, but really a deeper sense of emotional awareness and thoughtfulness that, again, what's so great about this, it's so easy. As you are driving in the car, as you are doing the dishes, no matter what is happening, you can be just trying this out for a few minutes, checking in on yourself, reminding yourself about the importance of self-compassion and how to do it. So the first aspect of it is just really that kindness versus judgment, right? The important part about compassion is that there's a sense of comfort and caretaking and wanting to ease suffering and really help that part of yourself. And we have a good understanding of what it means to be kind to other people. And that's usually inversely related to the kindness that we lend ourselves. And so I think it's just so important to notice the ways in which you're kind to other people and then check and see if you're doing that same thing for yourself. Or are you just constantly running this critic's voice of judgment? I should have done this. I should have woken up earlier. I should have spent more time with this person. I shouldn't have spent so much money on it. Like, right. We are constantly judging ourselves. And of course there's good, good valid reasons that our brain is set up to do this. But what we're trying to do here is just turn up the volume on the compassion piece and really see how can you just be a little kinder to yourself, a little gentler to yourself instead of just constant critic, constant judgment, always missing the mark. Everything could have been a little better. I really find this with my brides that like, no matter what decision they've made, there's this feeling like, oh, I could have done this better. I should have, could have, would have, right? And that's just like a really emptying, depleting place to be, especially when you wake up the day after your wedding and that's all you can offer yourself. And so I spend a lot of time with my clients sort of cultivating this just notion of like, how can I be kind to myself in every moment? And how can I guarantee that I'll be kind to myself in the future? It's one of the ways that we regret proof our wedding is to decide ahead of time, I'm going to be kind to this version of myself. I am going to be kind to the bridal part of me that was walking through this experience with this set of pressures and this set of knowledge and this set of capacity. And I'm going to look back and decide that like she did the best she could. And I think that is just such an easy reminder is saying to yourself, ah, I really 
probably did do the best I could in that moment. And of course, now I'm wiser and and have more information and more insight when you look back at things. But just extending that kindness to yourself in any small moment is so huge. Which brings us to like the second point that Kristen Neff talks about, which is commonality versus isolation. This is so huge. We tend to, when something gets really hard, when something bad happens, we tend to really feel like it's just us. We lose our sense of the commonality. And this happens with my brides all the time. And I think it's really turned up in the age of social media where we are seeing the highlight reels. We're like, oh, I was the only one who couldn't figure out how to accomplish this fabulous aspect of my wedding, or I'm the only one who has a mom who isn't just supportive and crying in the dress boutique and having this beautiful moment. Like I'm the only one who's struggling with a sibling who's going through a really dark time and isn't supporting us in any way, shape or form. Like we all just tend to really self-isolate around our own problems and challenges and struggles and give up. We just have this false narrative in our brain that like, it's just our own problem. It's our own crappy circumstances, or it's our own mistakes that got us here. Or it's our own unique situation when really that is so, it's the worst time to feel isolated. When you are struggling, when you are having a hard time, when you are facing something difficult, that is the worst time to feel alone, especially because evolutionarily the most vulnerable we are is when we are isolated from the group, right? Our whole human evolution is based on us being a part of the crew, a part of the tribe, a part of the team. That's how we survive. We do not do well out on wide open spaces when we are alone, right? We got to where we are evolutionarily by being together, right? Our strength is in our togetherness and our commonality and our helpingness and our cooperation. That's what we do best. But we tend to really self-isolate even emotionally, just pull back and tell ourselves a story of like, no one else has been dealt this set of cards and no one else quite can get how tough this is on me or how much I've screwed up or how much I'm suffering or how overwhelmed or confused I feel. And I'm telling you, that is one of the core reasons that I started this business is because the bridal experience gets to be so weirdly lonely when it's such a common experience and yet nobody else wants to say how hard it was or really talk about the shadow side or really get into like the icky tough moments and the conflicts and the and the just relationship drama that happens and the self-doubt that goes on and just the inner turmoil that happens um, as you're approaching this major milestone, we tend to really isolate because we think that like, if it's not all beautiful and wonderful, we're doing it wrong. And then by doing it wrong, we just end up being embarrassed and disappointed in ourselves. So we pull back even more. So it's just this idea. I think this is one of the really key parts of it is you are not alone in this, whatever you're going through in your bridal experience, in your marriage experience, there are more people that share that with you than that don't. And I just think that every time you feel yourself withdrawing, I need you to lean into the idea of self-compassion. And that can look like sending one text, reaching out to one person, saying one truth, and then watching the 
like moths to a flame, the people that will come in and validate that experience and validate that truth, validate that vulnerable expression of suffering that you're having and overwhelm that you're having. And it will immediately remind you, you are not alone. It will pull you out of that isolation. So I think every time you want to just think that this is just a you thing, I want you even just to remind yourself, Kara told me that this is not a me thing. I am not alone in this. Other brides have experienced all of this. And that should just sort of buoy you a little bit emotionally, make it not so punitive and specific to you. It's part of your common experience as a bride and then more largely as a person. Sometimes we get really offended when life doesn't go according to plan. And then we realize, oh, that's just what life does what life does, right? It's 50-50. It's good and bad. It's the way of things. It's not personal. I'm not suffering because I did something wrong and I deserve to feel crappy. It's the way that wedding planning goes. Oh my God, it's a roller coaster. It just really is. And it's also the way of the world. It's the way of parenting. And it's nothing that we signed up for. It's nothing that we thought it would be. We didn't Pinterest or pray or plan for this, but it's the way of it. And once we return to that knowledge, we can be so much more self-compassionate because we didn't do anything wrong. And the third aspect is bringing that mindfulness to the whole equation. And that's just, instead of over-identifying with whatever issue is coming up and whatever thoughts and feelings are coming up and then trying to quickly solve for them, which I see my brides doing all the time, like playing whack-a-mole with all of their problems and issues. It's so critically important to just have some mindfulness around it. Watch the feelings, be with the feelings in a really intentional way to let them show you what they need to show you, to really feel what it's like to experience the suffering. And again, it sometimes feels like we don't need to just feel the suffering because we feel it so much, which is why we're trying to solve for it, but be with it and then be in compassion of it, right? Like having your own witnessing yourself, be like, wow, I'm really upset. Wow. I'm really disappointed. So for the example, like when your friend isn't coming to the bachelorette party or something, instead of we often want to go right into action mode. And we think that that's because we have felt the emotion and now we've got the solution, but you really didn't feel it if you didn't sit with it and acknowledge the pain and just let the feeling be there for a minute. The problem with emotions is when we don't let them be there for a minute because we go right to trying to solve them, they're going to come back. They're going to be unresolved. They're going to carry that emotional baggage into the future. And we can really bring a sense of mindfulness. Wow, watch wow, that hurts so much more than I thought it would. Wow, I don't know why she did that. What did I do to deserve this, right? Like let the emotions come up. This is a good time for like journaling. Just really, really give yourself, even if it's only 20 minutes to be like, I am gonna sit here on this couch, not even move, not eat something, not watch something, not vent, just hear my own thoughts and feelings about the situation and not do anything. No action, no reaction, just experiencing the devastation, the overwhelm, the hurt, the disappointment, the confusion, the offense, just all of that stuff. Feeling it, watching it, 
And then there's that part of you, right? That's just the watcher, the part of you that isn't devastated, that isn't hurt, the part of you that is just watching the other part of you go through all of this. And that's a really cool space to be in because you reminds you that you are bigger than just the emotional storm that's happening. It's it's really a great reminder of your expansiveness, of your bigger consciousness, of the part of you who can weather this storm, right? Instead of that part of you that's really devastated and just wants to clap back or regain your footing or even the score, all of that stuff, prove yourself, show that you're right, whatever it is. I think it's so important when you just bring a little bit of mindfulness and mindfulness is just watching yourself, just letting the thoughts go by again, putting them on paper, making just doing something to let them express themselves without solving for them, making yourself right or wrong or taking any action yet. And that just is so natural when it's other people we will show up to hear our friend vent. We'll pick up the phone when someone's grieving because we know that there's not much to do except just listen and witness. And we forget that we could do that for ourselves. We don't really give ourselves that kind of focus very often because we just want to solve our own problems and move on. And I get it. It's the way that we think it should go. It's our natural instinct. And so if we can just add a little pause to bring some mindfulness to tough situations, that is all we need to do for self-compassion, right? A little bit of kindness and care, less judgment, a little reminder that we are not alone. This is the common experience. This is the way of it. And then a little mindfulness of like, oh, I don't have to solve this right away. I can just experience the feeling of it. And then from there, you will be able to take action in a different way, but we don't want to over-identify with the angry part or the disappointed part. We want to like let that work through and then move from a more integrated, aligned part of ourselves that has witnessed ourselves, the part of us that got to have the hissy fit, and then the part of us that got to witness it and care for the part of us that had the hissy fit right? It's just true, true caring for yourself, caring for your life, caring for your body and your spirit. Then you can so much easier have that grace for the people in your life, have that creativity to solve the problems that your wedding is presenting. And most importantly, really be present for the experience of the love and the joy and the celebration, because that's the whole point of the thing anyway. So it's really hard to get there without giving yourself some compassion. And I know you have it in you. It's just, if you need a sign, if you need permission to do this for yourself, consider this your permission. Consider this your mandate. Consider this part of wedding prep is having moments of self-compassion where we are just being like, oh, wow, this is hard. And it's hard for all brides. And it's not just me. And all I have to do is witness that it's hard, love myself through it, not judge myself, not criticize myself as much. Again, we're not looking for perfection. The inner critic is, a, we will take her with us everywhere. We're just going to like let her have a minute off while we let that loving, mothering, nurturing, sweet goddess side of, a, of ourselves come through just a little more often. That's all we have to do. This is not trying to change who you are. It's just a few moments, even if you did it five minutes a day where you're like, oh, have I loved on myself? Again, putting your hand on your heart really does show that you're there for yourself. It tells your nervous system like somebody's got you. A part of you's got you while the other part of you falls apart. Anyway, 
I hope that little memo on self-compassion inspired by the great researcher, Kristen Neff, is helpful to you in your wedding planning journey. If this is something you want to explore a little more, you know I am here for you. So please do not hesitate to reach out. Grab an hour on my calendar. It's probably one of the most compassionate things you can do for yourself that will pay you back tenfold in your wedding and in your life. So reach out, caramarine.com. And until next time, I am wishing you nothing but bridal bliss.